Um, isn't it neat that we get to be a part of that, church family? We get to be a part of that. Um, want to introduce a couple of other missionaries that we are supporting. They're both um, indigenous. Um, I'm not sure which one's up on whatever picture you got there. Yep, this is Blessing. No, it isn't. It's, it's uh, Bob and Gita and Maimuna um, and their five kids. And um, Bob and Gita and Maimuna have been serving in Niger um, with EMS, uh, which is, um, which is um, every missionary something it's, uh, is sent or something like that, EMS. But they, um, they are a dear family. I've been over there um, five times. Uh, they have given their lives to the Lord, and primarily their mission is to reach the Fulani, F-U-L-A-N-I. And the Fulani people are the largest unreached nomadic group on the planet. Um, they are uh, Muslim. Uh, they are illiterate. They are uh, uh, polygamist. Uh, they are murderers. Many of them are. Uh, a lot of the conflict going on in northern Nigeria Nigeria killing of Christians is a Fulani, and these dear people um, are their life's mission is to reach the Fulani. They have been uh, kicked out of Niger because of the. Uh, you might be familiar with some of the political uh, government unrest over there. So right now they are in Nigeria, just trying to uh, better understand if they're going back to Niger or if they should stay in Nigeria. Um, dear family, um, if you would be praying for Bob and Gita and Maimuna, that the Lord would give them a clear assignment, whether they go back to Niger or stay in Nigeria. Uh, the next couple is Blessing and Sunday, and their son, Elam. Um, Elam, I believe, is 13 years old now. Um, Blessing and, and Sunday live in Akuta, which is in the kind of the central west part of Nigeria, right on the border of Benin, and um, very, uh, very tough area. Um, both these families live a very tough life. Average income is about 400 U.S. dollars. The naira is their currency. A year ago, the exchange for the naira to the dollar was about 300 naira to one dollar. Right now, it's over 800 naira to one dollar. And what that does is that crushes the way that uh, that those people live. It's it's massive inflation, and so we support both these families uh, as a church. Um, we we support pretty much all of their living expenses. Um, blessing. Uh, they don't own a car or a motorcycle. They walk everywhere. Their mission is to reach to Fulani as well. And she just had a knee replacement in Nigeria on Friday, um, which which cost about $3,500 um, U.S., which is, uh, you know, about a year's wage there. And we paid for the entire uh, knee replacement. So if you would pray for Blessing and Sunday in their ministry, that God would keep them healthy and that they would just continue to be compelled by the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out and um, make disciples amongst the Fulani. Um, and we're going to uh, hear from Freddie Smola. Actually, I want to bring you up now, Freddie, just give you an introduction. Um, Freddie is um, one of the two leaders in the Czech Republic with the Mayak Network of Churches. Mayak is Czech for Lighthouse, M-A-J-A-K. And um, I first met Freddie, he's probably going to tell the story, and I'll let him do that. I first met him in 2001 uh, when uh, my wife Nancy and I took our three kids to the Czech Republic to do a sports camp, and uh, we met with Freddie. He was about three then, I think. Uh, I don't know how old you are now. Gee, many. And, um, and we've had the opportunity to come alongside the Mayak Network, which started in 2006, and uh, see them plant their very first church, and now I think there are over 10 churches um, in arguably one of the most atheistic parts of the world. 
And um, so Freddie's here to open the word with us today and to encourage us. Um, he is going to be uh, preaching primarily out of Acts 1, uh, but he's going to be just sharing God's heart for uh, the nations and what God's doing in, in the, the Mayak network. So let me do this. Let me read this passage, and then if you would stand while I read it, and then we'll pray and we'll continue on, on with the service. Um, so Acts 1.8, first just a little bit of, little bit of context, is that Jesus has just um, ascended. Uh, to the, he's just getting ready to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And uh, he's, he's been resurrected, and the, his disciples are asking him, um, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And, um, and he said this to them. He said, he, he said, you heard from me that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they, the disciples came together, He said this to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, Father, we thank you that um, this little expression of your big C church, this little expression of your church in this corner of the world called Windsor, Colorado, God, that you would be so kind to allow us to participate in small ways in what you're doing around the world through, uh, through uh, the family in uh, the Middle East and through Blessing and Sunday and Bob and Gita and Mamuna and, uh, and Freddie Smala, Freddie and Lenka um, in the Mayoc Network. And so yeah, we're just grateful uh, for them and, and the work they're doing. And I just pray, God, that you would... Um, empower Freddie to, um, to share with us uh, what it is uh, he sees in your word and what it is that you're doing in the Czech Republic. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And God's people said, amen. Thank you, Dan. I was three back then. No. Uh, I'll tell you the story later, but uh, <laughs> because it's funny. Um, it's, it's so good to be here. I and I haven't been here in a couple of years because of COVID. That's the reason. But I've been coming here for maybe almost from the very beginning of WCC, right, Dan? It's been, it's been great to get to know many of you. And, uh, and I'm really glad that you can be part of what, what God is doing uh, in Czech Republic uh, for so many years. And uh, I wanted to uh, tell you a little bit about, about myself first. So uh, this is the better half of me and my wife, Lenka. Uh, we've been married almost for 20 years and almost the same time as, as I've been doing ministry. And uh, as Dan said, in, in 2006, we, we, we haven't actually started Mayak Church. I wasn't there at the beginning. I joined uh, a couple months later as they were starting uh, as a pastor. And uh, through, uh, through those many years, uh, it, it's, been, it's been great to see what God can do, even in a country like Czech Republic. So... This is, this is 2006. This is the original group of people that, that started Mayak. Uh, I think it was like 15 or 16 people. And then <clears throat> over uh, those 17 years, Mayak actually grew to be one of the largest evangelical churches in, in Czech Republic these days. So that was God, that's what God has been uh, doing uh, over the last uh, 17 years. And so I'll tell you a little bit more. This this. I, I, I was thinking about how to do this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a sermon where all the, almost all the illustrations are going to be from Mayak, right? 
So I'm not going to be telling you now 10 minutes about all these things. I'm just going to put it in so that, that, that makes sense? Yeah, cool. So we're, you guys are doing this, this, uh, this uh, sermon series called Send. And uh, I've been listening to the sermons, so that's good. <laughs> uh, so I know what you're trying to do. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, I think uh, one of the things that I would like to start this, this sermon with is, is, is a story that, uh, that happened to me uh, recently in Czech. I was, uh, it was on Sunday. I was emceeing uh, one of our services in one of our churches. And so I come up and I greet everybody, right? Welcome, da-da-da, whatever we do at, at the beginning. And then I said, so why are we here? And then from somewhere over there, <laughs> a woman that's been part of, of this church from the very beginning, she said, it's like, yeah, I'd really like to know that. <laughs> and it's almost like it was Kelly like doing that, right? You've been here from the, from the very start, right? And it just, like, I was like, I didn't see that coming <laughs> from her, I mean. But I, I realized when, when, I, uh, when, when this happened, I realized how quickly we forget about even like the most fundamental things of our, of our faith, right? How, how quickly we forget about these things. Like what you're talking about uh, uh, here about being, being missionaries and being on mission for God. How, how easy it is to forget that that's actually who we are or what we're called to. So I would like to maybe remind us a, a little, bit, little bit more about that uh, today. About 20 years ago when we were starting... Um, Mayak, uh, oh, sorry, these are all the churches now <laughs> in the Czech Republic, as then, and Slovakia, as then said, we have now uh, uh, about 11, uh, 11 places that we, we work at, so, um, but we have, uh, I have this question, where are we sent? Um, I want to start with that, about, about 20 years ago when we were starting Mayak, uh, <clears throat> there was a, a conversation in the large church, you know, in a global church, about this word mission or missional. I don't know if you've ever heard about it or read about it. But uh, up until that point, about you know, 20, 25 years ago, when, when you said missionary or mission or missional, everybody understood it in the same way. That meant you take a missionary and you send him somewhere. So Europe, Africa, Asia, wherever. So, so it's, it's, it's basically synonymous to what we call international missions today. But back then it was just missions. Everybody understood it. And then there were these guys who, who started a conversation, two Australian missiologists who were starting this conversation saying, well, in the West, things are changing. And maybe we need missionaries here. And so they, they, they broadened the, 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 the meaning of the word mission or missional, not to mean just the foreign missionaries, but actually what we do here. Or what you do here, what we do in, in our town, on our street. So, so mission wasn't just, you know, international missions, sending missionaries. It was something that we're called to be or to do as a church wherever we are. And that was, that was a change that, that was happening uh, about 20 years ago. And <clears throat> the good thing about that is that, you know, it, it sparked this really like a missional revival in the West in, in many churches. And uh, uh, the problem with it was that a lot of people forgot about international missions because we're all missionaries. We're doing missions in our streets and we don't care about these people over there. So that was kind of a downside in some places that, that happened. But um, why I started with this, with this because I, I think in, the, in our story, in the story of Mayak, um, you can, you, can, you can see one thing, how both of these meanings of, of mission and missional come together. 
So we started, you know, 17 years ago uh, with, uh, with, uh, when this conversation was still going on. And uh, Czech Republic is one of the most atheistic countries in the world. So we have, we have very few Christians, uh, very few evangelical Christians. Uh, and so when we were first thinking about how to start a church, of course we knew we cannot focus on those few Christians who we already have. But we have to focus on those people that don't know Jesus, right? Or the, the 95% of the people that have never been to church, even the Catholic church or any church. And so we, we have to focus on these people. And that, that, that was how we were, how we were influenced by this, uh, by this missional idea that, that mission is something we do as a church wherever we are. And uh, uh, so, so we wanted people in our town uh, to, uh, you know, find Jesus. But our, mission, our vision was bigger. And, and so this was our vision back then. And it still is. We want to be a healthy church that plants healthy churches. But we do it through, through these two different things. We... Uh, we, of course, wanted to plant more of these churches. So we, we wanted to plant Mayak. And then, then from the very beginning, we, we, were, we were saying we want to plant another church somewhere at some point and then another church. So by God's grace, we've been, we've been doing that. <clears throat> but, uh, and it takes, it's interesting because it takes uh, 7 to 10 years to plant a church in Europe. That's a, that's a universal statistic. So from the very beginning to where the church is kind of going, if, if it happens, it takes 7 to 10 years. And so right now we're uh, we're planting uh, one, one in our network. Right now we're planting one church. This is a picture from one of their Sundays. It was a church plant that was started with six families, and now after two years, there's maybe 20 people that are coming and and and, and meeting. Um, they meet every every two weeks, and then they have community group. Uh, so. So that, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like in, in Czech Republic when you plant a church. Some Sundays, usually when I come, there's like seven people. When I'm not there, there's 20. So <laughs> I, I try not to go. Uh, but that was not the only thing that, that, that we kind of discovered in the process is that there are already churches in, in Czech Republic that are struggling. They're not struggling because of... Uh, maybe like a relational problems, but just they're stuck in, in their old way for so long. And they don't see new people coming in. They kind of are focused only on the people that are already in the church. And so we, we learned about this process of revitalization of churches, which basically mean you, you take a church that's kind of stuck and you help them to be unstuck. <laughs> and what, what you do is, is to help them uh, introduce uh, something where they can focus on, on people that are not... Uh, in the church yet so be missional again as you you plant the churches with a focus to be missional you you revitalize churches uh, with a focus to be missional and it's that one of those examples is the church at Valcalhota that you guys been sending your teams to uh, <clears throat> and uh, I remember that church when we first uh, you know started partnering with them they were almost about to close down and then they they started to do these children outreaches and over not a long time, not a long period of time, they started to have 60 children from the villages coming every week, and then their parents coming. And so, <clears throat> that is that is how it works. If you, if you introduce uh, if you introduce that missional element, it, it not always, but sometimes it helps the ch church to be transformed. And so that's what we try to do. And, and big focus that we focus on is a leadership development because we understand that in order for this to be happening, we need to have healthy leaders. They're ready to either plant churches or, or go to the churches that needs to be revitalized. So that was, that was our focus. And, uh, and so at this point, you know, we've been doing 
the church revitalization with two churches. We're planting one church. We planted a church for Ukrainian refugees. We planted a church for homeless people. I'll be telling you more about that. And, uh, and that, that's, that's what's happening right now. But that's the one part of the, of the understanding of the word missional. That's what we are doing in Czech Republic. That's what you're doing. But there's another side of the story. Because as Dan said in the beginning, 21, uh, 22 years ago, um, I met this crazy guy. And uh, uh, we are at, uh, I, I was in charge of, of taking this group from Mountain View uh, to, from Pro to Prague to, uh, to the airport. And we're, we're changing trains. We were changing trains, right? And somebody forgot a luggage in the train. And then we're outside of the train, and Dan realizes that there is luggage on the train, and uh, the train just starts to leave the platform. And Dan, <laughs> because he's Dan, he kicked off his flip-flops and just started running after the train. I didn't know what he was thinking he's going to do, right? Like, he wasn't that strong back then, so maybe he thought he could, just, you know, I don't know, like, stop the train. So I yell at him, Hardy, no! <laughs> and that was, our first, uh, <laughs> that was our first time we've met with Dan. And, uh, and so uh, back then, M Mountain View Community Church was sending uh, people over to Czech Republic for mission trips. And we, 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 you know, we got to know each other. And back then, uh, church planting in Czech wasn't very popular. It still isn't, by the way. But back then, it was way worse. Because churches usually were planted you know, by split. So people got angry. And so part of that went and planned church. That's how it was usually done. But we wanted to do it differently. We wanted to say, we said, no, we want to do it right. We want to do it like with the blessing of our mother church. And we want to be sent out to do this. And, uh, <clears throat> but we didn't know how. Like nobody knew how basically in, in, in Czech. And, and that's where we connected back with uh, the guys at the Mountain View and with Dan and Kevin Wolf and Tom Harkus. Um, and then Mountain View Community Church back then in, in, in 2000 six sort of became our mother church uh, not just financially but uh, but more than financially it was through this this friendship and partnership and inspiration and and they were able to to show us and teach us how to do things differently because every culture has a has a its strengths and its weaknesses right and so our culture has its strengths and its weaknesses and your culture has its strengths and its weaknesses and and when we can complement each other that's where the beautiful things happen right and so I think this story shows how, how when, when these two understanding, understandings of missional come together, it's where, you know, the really beautiful things happen. When, when we do our part and then you do your part somewhere else. And it can be in Czech Republic, it can be in Nigeria, it can be wherever. But both of those meanings of, of the word missional make sense. Um, so, <clears throat> why should we care? Why should we care about, you know, Czech Republic or even the people here on the street? And um, I'd like to show you from the Bible and, and tell the story of the Bible, how this idea of God's mission is actually something that, that's in the Bible from the very beginning. So the, Bible, Bible, the story of the Bible starts with God creating these people, right? And, and there's, uh, there's a description of these people that's used in the beginning of the Bible. And it's, it's said that he created them in his own image, right? People, we are created in God's image, right? And uh, there's a big discussion of, of what this means. But, but in, in Hebrew, the word that they use to describe this image, actually, you know the word. It's a very different word. They, they translate it differently in different parts of the Bible. And the word is idol. 
So the, the word idol that is in Hebrew, it's, called, it's a telem. It's the word that they use at the beginning of the Bible to describe humans as the image of God. And that's, what, and, and, and that's the idea there. So, so why you have the statues when, uh, in, in the Bible or the, or the idols or the other statues is when, when the king would come and he would conquer the land, right? You had these like ancient kings that would come in different places and conquer different lands. He cannot be everywhere, right? You cannot be in all the places. So he would, he would put up these statues everywhere that would represent his presence in that place. That's why you had the, the statues. With the idols, right? The wooden idol, it's not, people understand it's not the God, but it kind of represents the God. And the Bible says that this is who we are as people. That that's the way that God created us. He created us to be his representatives or his, our goal, our task here on earth is to reflect God's glory into this world. To reflect his vision for this world. To be here and show the, show the whole world who God really is. That was, the, that was from the very beginning. That was the purpose of people. And, but, you know, so God made us, you know, or his stewards or managers here in this world. But the, the stewards are not owners, right? You under, we understand that. When, so when you have somebody, uh, you want somebody to steward your money. And you tell him, you should invest my money. And he goes on vacation. That's a problem, right? And that's exactly what happened in the beginning of the Bible, right? God tells us, uh, you know, you do this and we go on a vacation. And that's the, that, that was the problem, right? That <clears throat> we, we were, we, we, God gave us a choice to live by his own wisdom and, and um, steward this world according to God's own vision. But we said, no, we want to do it on our, our own way. We want to live our own way apart from God. And uh, so we said no to God and started living our own version of the world and now we live in the consequences of this decision and so from that very moment uh, God is looking for people that will be his people in this world that will again reflect his vision and his image to the world it were in the beginning it was supposed to be all the people everybody was supposed to be like that but people said no so he's, he's, he's finding these people in the bible who will be his people so he finds this guy Abraham and, and he calls him and says, you know, I will bless you and you will be blessing. And, and that's, that's an important piece there. He says, I will bless you so that you can be the blessing for entire world. So God finds this guy Abraham to be this image of his, of, of God, to the entire world. And I think that that's a really important part of this, that God is the God of entire world. He's not just God of Windsor or Czech Republic or or Israel he's the God of the entire world and he his plans are for entire world not just for a small group of people I think we have to see that 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 this is this is the God that that we believe in and so he chooses Abraham and his family and he blesses them but the problem with the, the chosen people is always the same and has always been the same and it's a, it's a problem with us it's a problem with them is that uh, it never really worked well the history of God's chosen people is that we make the same mistake and again, again, again. We want to do things our own way. It's always the problem in the Bible. So, all this shows how, how broken people really are. And they can't help themselves. So, God comes to the world. Jesus comes and, and saves us. 
He dies and he, he, he rises from the grave. Because we just can't do it on our own. We cannot help ourselves, right? And that's the gospel. That's the good news that, that God came to save us. And so now we're getting to our text in, in Acts 1. But, but I want to read another text uh, from John's gospel too. That when you have the, the, the ending of John's gospel in chapter 20, uh, it's kind of interesting because when you have uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're all the same, right? They're called synoptic gospels because they're kind of the same. And then you have uh, the follow-up of Luke's gospel is the, the book of Acts. It's written by the same guy. It's kind of the follow-up. So you have the, the, the story of Jesus and then your story of the first church in the book of Acts. John's gospel is different and he, it doesn't have any follow-up. So if you read, uh, if you read the, uh, the, the chapter 20 of, of John's gospel, it kind of sums up a lot of the things that are, are said at the beginning of the book of Acts. So... Uh, if you look at, at, at John 20, uh, there's, the, the, there's, a, there's a, a text where Jesus is, is, is resurrected and he comes to meet with his disciples. And he, he tells them this. On the evening, uh, the first day of the week, the doors uh, being locked uh, where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among themselves and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then disciples were glad and they, uh, that they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they will forgive. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So it's kind of like a summary of the book of Acts, where, where, of the beginning of the book of Acts, where, where the Holy Spirit comes to, to the first disciples, right? But there's this important there's this important detail here that, that Jesus is saying, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So Jesus is saying, I am the continuation of this mission of the first people of Abraham and Israel's story to be the image of God in this world. And so now I am sending you as the church to do the same. This is what he's saying to his first disciples. It's so important to see that this, this, this thing about God's mission is not just like one story or one random thing in the Bible. But it, it ties into this entire story of the Bible of what God is trying to do uh, with this world. And then we have the, we have the text from, from uh, Acts chapter 1 where there is a, there's a diff different important detail about how this took place. This missional movement how it all started with, with the first church so <clears throat> we, we we read this uh the, this detail that there that when that luke is, is saying that it, or jesus is saying to, to the disciples and luke wrote it down uh you will receive the power of the holy spirit and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem in all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth so <clears throat> if you look at it it's, it's kind of like a like a concentric circles right you start in jerusalem you have another circle of judea and samaria and then you have the, another circle of, of to the ends of the earth and if you look at how the book of acts is structured it's actually structured according to these three circles how the gospel you know started in jerusalem or the church started in jerusalem and then it went to judea and samaria and then it went to the pagans which was a big deal so how, how what it looks like so you have the, the book of acts and <clears throat> This kind of a detail, a lot of, the, a lot of the churches took these three categories and used it as a blueprint for, for what the church is supposed to be doing. 
how the mission should look like for the church. So you should have, you know, there, there is the local level of Jerusalem of where we live and, and our street and our neighbors and all that. That's where we're called to serve. There is Judea and Samaria. It's our, it's, our, it's our country, our region or whatever. It's like the wider area. And then there's the ends of the earth. There's Czech Republic. There's Africa or whatever. I am the ends of the earth for you guys. <laughs> so, and, and so, so they use this as kind of a blueprint for... Uh, for what, what the missions should look like. And, and if you look at as, as, as this sermon series is structured, so you had Dan doing the first sermon, who's your local pastor, he's doing the local ministry. You, have, you had Adam, Adam Bailey from Denver, which is your region, your Judea, Samaria, and you have me from the ends of the earth, right? Sorry. <laughs> and we've been, we've been structuring and, and, and thinking about mission in the, in the same way in Mayak. So we think about our... our, our uh, neighborhoods and our cities where we live we think about church planting in our in our in our country and then we think about the ends of the earth as, as we support international missions in in different places but i wanted to share uh, share with you a, a story of uh, of a local o- local work that we have been doing um, in in czech republic and it's called the hooligans church so it's the best name ever I mean, if you if you if you name a church this is the way to go and and it's a ministry, uh, it's a church for homeless people. So this guy, uh, this guy Marek up front, he, he's been working in the homeless shelter for 15 years as, uh, as a social worker. And about five years ago, he started to be uh, reading the Bible with the homeless and praying with the homeless and gathering them in, in small groups in different, in different places and even in different, different towns in our area. So now he's meeting after five years, he's meeting with probably 100 homeless people every week in six different towns uh, in our area. And then once a month, they do this, they do this service where the homeless people are traveling for church once a month to be together and uh, to have this fellowship. So there are a couple pictures of what that looks like. This was from their uh, fifth anniversary that they were celebrating this, uh, uh, this spring. And they do baptisms. Uh, and things like that, whatever they need. And he's doing, he's doing funerals for them because a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them die. Uh, and then they have nobody to tell their story and remember them. So he's doing it for them. And it's, it's, it's such a unique and amazing ministry. I, I haven't seen anything like it in Czech Republic. And it's such a privilege to be part of that. I'm, I am not meeting with the homeless. So you know. <laughs> they don't want to meet with me too either. I mean, I'm too middle class for them, right? They don't like that. But Marek, he's doing this such amazing ministry, and we can stand behind him. We can help him. We can we can help him raise money so that he can be doing that. And it's been it's been such a unique and amazing thing to see a lot of these people coming to to Jesus and and following him. And it looks very different than what you would expect, you know, from us to follow Jesus. But it is real, and I, I'm I'm so blessed to be to be part of this this ministry. So so this is just a, another another example of of what this this look like uh, where we are. And and it, I I bet you guys are doing the same things here in in Windsor, right? And you guys are doing the same things here in Colorado and you're you're doing the same things in to the ends of the earth. So I put this whole idea today together and and, and and to try to put it in one sentence, but I never can do it. So it's a little longer. But I think what the Bible is, is, is telling us is that our God is the God of the whole world. He's not just provincial little God of some people group. He's the God of the entire world. And he cares the same for people living on our street and on the other side of the world. And so... 
two more things that I, I'd like to talk about, uh, about how we can be doing it, what that looks like. Um, as I was telling the, the, the story, you know, uh, about the, the girl at the beginning who asked, why are we doing this? I think we really forget about why we're doing this. It's so easy. We're busy people. I bet you're as busy as I am. And it's so easy to forget. And, uh, and so we, we at Mayak, we did this one thing uh, at the very beginning that kind of helped uh, is, is helping us to remember that this is really important. And so it comes from that missional conversation I was talking about. Uh, and um, these guys, when, when they were writing books, and in one of the books there was this kind of a, a idea that we took for us. Is, and the idea was that each church, every church, to be, uh, to be church has to be doing these five things. When you look at the Bible... Always, you somehow end up with these five things. It can be six and can be four because, you know, you put some of these together. But basically, there are five things that the church is supposed to be doing. So you're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to be doing mission, service, fellowship, and, and worship. This is what we're supposed to be doing, right? All of us. And, and together as a church. And <clears throat> but what they were saying is that every church tradition, every local church, every denomination does one thing with these five. And they... they over time, not, usually not uh, knowingly, but sort of it just happens, they pick one of those, and this one becomes like a driving force for the rest of them. So what it looks like, I, I, I use this, uh, I use this uh, example of our denomination where it's really clear, and you can really see what, what that means. Is Our denomination, over time, uh, this happened. So teaching became like the most important thing that is affecting all of these other areas. How does it look like? So... If you look at service, we all do service and ministry as a church. But what is the most important thing in the church? Preaching, right? So I'm the most important person in church. <laughs> it sounds, I mean, you're laughing, but we talk like that. Um, fellowship, how do, how, why we gather? Well, we gather to listen somebody preach. And it's interesting to, to when, I, when I see people that grew up in this tradition, like my mother-in-law, she's, she's a wonderful woman. But uh, when, uh, with Mayak, once a year, we used to do these, um, it was like an outdoor thing, right, on Sunday morning for, with, with kids' programs. And we didn't have any sermons there because you're outside and it doesn't work. And she would always come from that. She would feel like there was some, something was wrong. This wasn't church because nobody was preaching. And so we gather around somebody speaking. We, we come in and we listen, right? Um, how we do mission? Well, we invite somebody to listen to a lecture, basically. And then, you know, with worship, like we had all these worship wars and we were talking about like, should we sing like these deep old songs where they have like a whole theology in one song, you know, or should we listen to these songs that kind of tells us how we feel? And we were always on the side that, you know, we need to do the deep songs because those are the real songs. And then we also, uh, uh, one of the funny things is we had the, the gathering song. You know what that is? We do it at the pastor's conferences. It drives me crazy. So we have a pastor's conference. We have a lecture. And then we have a coffee break. So everybody's outside drinking coffee. And then you have to start again. So you ask the, the worship team just to play like one song really loud so that everybody gets in, right? <laughs> So that they can listen to more lectures. And so this is, I mean, this is, it's, a, it's a little funny, but essentially this is the idea. 
And so what we did at the beginning of the, of the, of, uh, the whole Mayag is we said, we said we want to do it this way. So we want to, we want to, we want to take the mission and, uh, and put it sort of in, in the center of things and, and say that this is, it doesn't mean that the other things are not important. But we ask the question through the lens of mission. So how does mission, uh, you know, uh, affect our teaching? Well, people have to understand. People who have never heard anything from the Bible have to understand. Uh, how does it affect our service? Well, well, ser- service in the church is not just preaching. It's way more than just preaching. Not, not that preaching is not important. Not, I, I love theology. I love books. I have so many books that you wouldn't believe. But it's not the only, and the only thing. It's more. Uh, fellowship. So we, 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 can, we can meet. Community is important in itself. It's not just we have to meet to listen to, so that we listen to somebody. And worship is, is way more than just singing songs. It's, it's our whole life where we worship God with our life. And, and, uh, and, and through this understanding, uh, or because of this understanding, we were able to do this amazing thing that uh, happened uh, last year with, with the Ukrainian refugees. And so we were able to help um, about 3,000 Ukrainian refugees come from the borders give them transportation, give them food, uh, short-term accommodation. And then we were stuck with about 200 of them for, not, for I think, forever. I hope, I hope forever. They were helping, and we, we were able to, to help them plant the Ukrainian church that has about 150 people now. But what was interesting was I was talking to our, our Ukrainian, you know, leaders, and they all come from this, like, very conservative Baptist background in Ukraine. And, and Ukrainian Baptists are, like, like conservative Baptist in U.S. 30 years ago, so this is this is what they are like, and they all they were telling one story. It says you know at the borders when they were crossing to from, from Ukraine either to Slovakia or Poland, there were these organizations, Christian organizations, that were not helping anybody, just giving away tracts. And they said that even the the the, the conservative Ukrainian Baptists knew that that wasn't right. That's not something that these people need they needed more they needed shelter they needed food they needed these things and uh, so that was something that that we took uh, for us and, and it helped us to to plant this ukrainian church that now they do these outreaches in, in our town and and they they did this bar- this is from a barbecue they did and i think they had like 250 people 250 ukrainians they say it's there's a thousand ukrainians living in our town and 250 of them came to this event and now they're thinking of going to a, to a, to a town uh, that is about 35 minutes away, where it's a, it's a bigger town. It has 4,000 or 5,000 refugees, and there's no Ukrainian church. And so they, they want to go and plant a church there. So that's one thing. So, so, so we need to take this missional idea and really put it somewhere up front so we don't forget. And then the other thing is, is, is I think, what, what the Bible is talking about when, when it's talking about missions is, is this long-term partnership. When you look at, at, at the New Testament, uh, so you have Book of Acts where Paul goes and starts all these churches, right, in, in Asia, Minor, and uh, in Europe. And, and then you have all these letters in New Testament. And these le- what are these letters? Why are they, why are they the epistles, right? It's a, it's a communication. Those are emails they're sending, you know, back and forth. Because he has relationships with these people. 
So he came over, he started churches, you know, and you read how he goes from town to town. He starts the churches, churches but, but he continues the relationship with these people, and it's a long-term relationship. And I think this is such a key element of, of, um, of how, we do, how to do the international missions, and even the local missions, but it's the long-term relationship. And I'm so glad I can know Dan for this many years and all the guys here in Colorado, because without, you know, so many things happened over those, those 20 years. And I want to tell you one story that's kind of amazing about how we found our international partners in Turkey. In late 80s, so 1980s, there was a, there was a young man in Switzerland. Uh, his name was Hans-Peter Tiefenbach. And he just finished, uh, he just finished uh, Bible, Bible school and wanted to be a missionary in Turkey. He had no idea uh, how to get there, what to do. Uh, but he knew he needed some partners and supporters. And so this is the late 80s. There were no emails, no internet, no nothing. So he did this crazy thing. He wrote a letter explaining who he is uh, and put it on hot air balloons in Switzerland. So he sent, I don't know how many of these like hot air balloons from Switzerland with this message. Like, I'm Hans-Peter Tiffenbach, I'm a Christian, I want to be a missionary in Turkey. If you're interested, this is an address, write, write me a letter. One of these balloons landed in Czech Republic, in this little village near to where, where I live. And they found it. They brought it to a local church, which was this old church with a couple people. And the pastor looked at it. It's like, we're not interested in this. But there's a church in, in Vsetin, which is where I lived, uh, that they might be interested in it. So he took it, and he brought it to our mother church. And they read it, and they looked at it. It's like, this is interesting. So they sent him a letter saying, you know, Come visit us. We want, to, we want to get to know you. So as he was going to, as he was going to Turkey, he did this thing. He, he didn't have much, so he had a motorcycle. So him and his wife rode a motorcycle from Switzerland to Turkey to be a missionary. And he, on the way, he visited several of these people that sent him the letter back because they found this message from the hot air balloon. And so one of the stops that he made was, was, uh, was with our mother church. And he introduced himself, introduced the vision. They said yes. And they've been supporting him for 30 years, having this partnership with him. And as Mayak was started, we took over this uh, partnership with the churches in Turkey. And he planted a church. They planted more churches. Now, his, the original church he planted is the largest evangelical church in Turkey. And he retired a couple of years ago, went back to Switzerland. He still comes to Turkey for two or three months a year. But it's an amazing story that... that of the faithful partnership for 30 years and how much it was achieved. And so then when there was, a, there was an earthquake in Turkey a couple, was it months ago or year, last year? You remember that, right? There was a big earthquake. So, so we, obviously, we, we, we get offerings and we gather money and send them to Turkey to help because we knew that we can trust them and we can, we can send them the money and they will, they will help, help faithfully to the people that need it the most. So this long-term partnership is a really important idea. And uh, I'd like to encourage you one last thing is that if you have these partnerships, go visit. I can tell you the stories about Ukrainians and homeless people and show you videos and everything, but it's very different. And you, those of you who know, who've been there, you know that this is very different when you go and you have the experience of, of, of that. So, um, When I was emceeing that worship service and the, the girl... Kelly, <laughs> asked me why. Do you know what I told them? I told them the story that happens to me often because I love to do weddings. 
I do weddings all like, everybody people congratulate me to being married like seven times a year because I have this picture with this like a bride on the internet and they think I'm getting married like eight times I don't know <laughs> I love to do weddings and I do weddings for anybody that, that comes to me and I do the same thing at every wedding I come up and it's for these are non-christian people often they've never been to church and I come to I, I, I preach at the wedding and so I tell them the story of what God intended marriage to be. That you find somebody who will be, you know, who will not give up on you even though you're not as beautiful as you are at the, because there are no ugly brides, right? Everybody's beautiful at the, at the wedding. You're not as beautiful, as successful, as young, but who will, be, who will stay next to you for the rest of their life, no matter what? That this is the vision that God had for marriage, right? And as I tell, these, tell this story and, and share this, you can, you can tell... All the non-Christians are standing there and they go like, I want somebody like that. I want this because this is the best thing ever. And I think this is what the Bible is about, what the, the gospel is about, what the story of the Bible is about. is That there's this God who, who has this vision for the world and it's the best vision ever. What God wants for us is the best thing that, that, that can ever be. And we know this. And now I, I want people to know this too. And that's why we do what we do. Because we discovered this God. We found, or he found us, whatever, whichever end do you want to start at. But we discovered this God who wants the best for us. And he wants the best for the entire world. And we are here to share this with people who don't know this. Father, thank you for sending your son to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. And I thank you for um, this story of the Bible that tells us very clearly that you're sending us to be your images in this world and to show the world who you really are, what you want this world to be. And so I pray for this church that it can really understand it. And that this idea will not be just something on a back shelf that we dust off sometimes, but that it re really will be the thing that drives us forward. And I prayed for, for people here in Windsor, but I also prayed for us in Czech Republic because it's so easy to forget. So I pray uh, that each and every one of us, as we are here, we will find this somehow in our heart that, that this is important, that our people in our streets are important, people in our region are important, people in the ends of the earth are important. I pray that you would do this. Amen. <laughs>